believe in you. If nobody else bets on you, like I said, you're, you can have doing be anything you put your mind to. You're more powerful than you think you are. And uh, if, you, if you're willing to make the change and put in the work and do what it takes, you can change your life. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit or enough credence to the fact that we can manipulate and change for the better. We can, we can create the world that we want. You don't have to be stuck. Are you looking for true personal freedom? The freedom to design the life you truly desire? Then you're absolutely in the right place. True personal freedom comes from when you take 100% responsibility and control of your money and your mind. Here, you're going to learn ideas, tips, and wisdom that's gonna help you bridge the gap from where you are now to your dream life in the future. My name is Randy Wilson, and welcome to the Rich Mind Podcast. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Rich Mind Podcast. And today I have another super guest. I have on the line with me here, Douglas Orr. Douglas is a successful father of three, three young kids. We were just having a conversation about his three young ones. He owns the Remax, the brand, as far as in his hometown of Greensburg, Indiana. Uh, He owns several doors as far as he's a, a real estate investor as well. But he's just a superhuman. Uh, we were just having a conversation offline before we hit record that I said right before we just did record that, man, yeah, that that was gold. So finally, we decided to hit record here. We're going to get started and hopefully share a ton of value, a ton of wisdom. Uh, as I mentioned, he's here in Indiana, just like me. And a lot of times uh, we struggle uh, when we're in these little smaller communities or even the, the states that might not seem to be doing it as much as as the bigger states you might hear out there. And so trying to get into the different circles and the communities, but super excited to bring Douglas on. Uh, He's going to bring a tongue of value. So Douglas, welcome to the show. Randy, I appreciate the invite and uh, looking forward to hopefully helping somebody and make it worth their time listening. Absolutely. That is definitely the plan. So first off, can you just give everybody a little bit of uh, color? Tell us about Douglas. Tell us, uh, I mentioned that you're here from uh, Indiana. Can you just kind of give everybody just kind of the small synopsis of of who you are? Yeah. just a small town Southern boy. Uh, so I lived in the same town my whole life. A town of 26,000, the county actually, 26,000 people in my county. So that tells you how small it is. Got a wonderful wife that I met. I've known almost all my life, but we didn't start dating until you know later teens. And uh, three wonderful kids, just just uh, trying to be a, do my part and be a good citizen, I guess, here, which and just making an impact in my world. Yeah, that's awesome. So what I like to do is everybody, I've got uh, three questions I like to run everybody through, just kind of help uh, everybody get to know you a little bit better, trying to help spur some conversation along. But can you tell us who's had the biggest influence on your life? I would say it would probably be Bob Proctor. Hmm. I was selling Dish Network as a teenager in, in high school still. And a lady there had burnt me a CD. These young kids may not know what that is, but um, <laughs> or a DVD, I guess. Burnt the DVD. And uh, I watched The Secret. And so then I got exposed and I started going down that rabbit hole. I didn't have a lot of money, but that started working on my mind to realize that there was more to life than just going to work every day and just muddling through. But there you could actually uh, have the life that you wanted. You just kind of have to figure out what that is. Yeah, that's awesome. Bob Proctor. And anybody that's watching this on video, I actually up on my shelf, I've got a Bob Proctor book here, The, the Paradigm. Um, book that he wrote. Um, 
yeah, huge fan of Bob Proctor. So that's, that's, that's very good. Yeah. The secret was definitely, I would say revolutionary as far as getting information out to folks, right? People understand that there is a different way to be uh, versus just kind of living life by default, right? Taking it, living life by design. And yes. uh, yeah, he definitely was a big influence on that. So it sounds like it was that way for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, like in my little world that I was in, everything was like a zero sum game. So, you know, if I got a piece or bigger piece of the pie, that meant that you got a smaller piece of the pie when in all actuality, and it can be like that if that's the way you program yourself. But in all actuality, you're bringing more to the pie. You're, you're bringing more ingredients to the table. So you're actually creating more pie. Uh, and it's it's an infinite game and can be. Uh, the more you put out there and do, have, do, and be, uh, the more you can receive. Like we talked about earlier, the law of reciprocity, where the more I give, the more I give, the more I get. And I haven't seen anybody with a closed fist. You can't you can't get receive too many things if you have a closed fist. So you have to come from a, a place of giving. So that's a mindset shift, right? So it's, huge. It's, yeah, if you're not taught that growing up which I would say that for myself personally, that I was not necessarily taught that growing up. I was always more of a reclusive, always kind of to myself, never really felt like I was at a point where I could give more so that way I could receive, right? But when I discovered that, when I realized that that, that living that way was was keeping me in my trap, right? Keeping me in my little bubble, my own little uh, world that wasn't, I wasn't experiencing life the way I wanted to. And the reason why was because of a lot of the things that you're just saying, as far as that mindset shift. Can you think of a time that when you discovered that, you mentioned about Bob Proctor, as far as anything that you can think of that because of that awareness, you were able to turn some things around for yourself? Uh, Yeah. So when I started, so when I said I was in high school, right? So it wasn't like a instant change, right? It took a process. It took me going down the rabbit hole. I also didn't the beautiful thing about buying courses is it's all right there. The secret is most of everything that a particular person puts out is probably put out there in chunks for free. You just have to wade through a lot of the garbage to find the nuggets, right? Mm-hmm. So for a guy like myself, I did the waiting because I had more time than I had resources at that moment. Um, but anyway, so straight out of high school, I, I started in a factory. And I was really just hating my life. Honestly, I was at a, I was at a place where there's gotta be more to life than this. You know, that there's more to me than putting parts on a car. I was working for a, a the Honda factory here in town and it was a fantastic opportunity and it's still a great job and it's done great for our community. But for me, that wasn't, that wasn't me. I wasn't happy just going to work every day killing myself for somebody else, come home, be wore out, exhausted, don't have anything to give to my family um, or friends at the time because I wasn't didn't have a family back then. And so I knew there was more. So I had a friend that was a team leader uh, next to my area. And he's like, man, we need to flip a house together. And I'm like, you know, that. so I started. And this is, here's the caveat to what we're kind of talking about. We were going to flip a house. And his wife, I wasn't married at the time, I was single, but his, he was about the same age. His wife was so scared that it didn't happen. We did not flip a house. But that triggered me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? And that's another, that was a transformational book for me. You probably, there it is. I see it in the corner. 
Yeah. Um, so I went back and revisited that. And that started me on my buy and hold real estate journey. And that was in 2014, which wasn't exact. It was probably not the greatest time, but almost. Yeah. I mean, if I would have started buying in 2010 that, or 2012, that might have been a little bit better time. But 2014 in my area, I was the only person buying um, rental real estate. And it was a beautiful opportunity. And I've been able to see this, been able to amass a decent portfolio and had growth the whole way. The market's been very gracious <laughs> and uh, up until this point. And so, um, but yeah, so that's, and then, okay, so 2014, I started buying real estate. And three and a half years later, I replaced my income from my factory job and I retired myself. I love it. I say I fired my employer. That was, that was a great, uh, that was a great exit interview. I don't think they really understood that. Well, why do you, why are you leaving? Because you can't afford to pay me what my time is worth is what I told them. Um, and then I got my real estate license because it just, it's just, a makes sense for what everything else I was doing. Um, and yeah, 20, 20, uh, January 21, I bought my brokerage and here we are, right? Like it's, it's just been base hits essentially is what I call them. Nothing. There's been a few home runs along the way, but they didn't intend to be there. Just base hits along the way. And it's totally, totally changed my life. In a relatively short period of time, you mentioned 2014. I know that's eight years, nine years, kind of depends yeah. on this is the kind of timestamp, but this is going to be in March, late March, uh, 2023. But yeah, that's a relatively short period of time. So yeah, you've had some, uh, like you said, base hits, just going for the singles. And, and I know you've had some good successes on some others as well. So I know that this has definitely been like a straight line. It's just been a straight shot up, right? But yeah, I know that's not true. <laughs> So that goes right into the next question. So you've you've led that really well. So can you talk about any you know a disappointment, a challenge that you've had from that? Let's go from the 2014 time frame till today, right? Through is there anything a major uh, challenge that you've had that and what you learned from it? Yeah. So um, don't take on cities or towns. Um, do your due diligence. So I'm kind of a guy that's one thing I have learned, especially is. So I'll give you the what I've learned from the mistakes, I guess. I am, and it's been, it's worked out for me for the most part, but sometimes it bites me where I jump out of the airplane while I'm putting my parachute on, right? Because, hey, I'm all in. I'm, a, I'm kind of a, I, I've got a really good gut, um, as you can see. Um, I have a really good gut that I trust. And so if it feels right, it probably is. And if something feels a little off, trust that gut. And uh, anyways, I bought a, I bought a property from a wholesaler. Uh, it was a six-unit apartment building that I bought it for twenty-five thousand. It needed to either be torn down or rehabbed. So that's what I did. Got a construction loan on it, and what I didn't realize is the mayor of the town lived next door, and he was more happy to see it tore down and not in a useful space, even though he runs on the platform of growing the town, right? Mm -hmm. uh, just not in his not in his front yard, basically. Um, so once I put in, I put in ninety thousand dollars, which is all relative because back then it was a lot of money. It's still a lot of money, but for the size of the property, it was a pretty good cost. And so all in, what I'm like 110, 115. The thing appraises for 150. You know, home run. It's also going to put eighteen hundred dollars a month in my pocket after I pay all my, you know, service all my debt which is amazing 
that's again, that's a home run. Problem was I didn't consider local politics. Um, and the amount of time and the due diligence part was they have an ordinance where it's a non-conforming use, which might be a little bit too in the weeds for some people, but it's a non-conforming use. So it didn't have the proper variance on it. And the way the ordinance states is if it's vacant for more than 12 months, it resorts to current ordinance. So I was doing all this. And so it was a single family residence that was non-conforming use. So the fact I put all this work into a six family when the city's like, well, it's a single family home because it's current ordinance. And that's how they got me. So I ended up having, I, I converted it to a large uh, single family at this point and we are making the payments, but it's, so it's still, it's still okay. Like your worst case scenario is you're breaking even. That's still pretty good. But um, that's my, that was one of my challenges from an investment standpoint that uh, my biggest struggles. One thing I learned, Randy, and I, I went through a depression with this kind of, cause I'm like, I'm trying to do all this. I'm, I'm providing homes for six people. I'm making the town better. They're going to raise property taxes. They're going to make more money. Like all these things. And it, it was literally, it was a dog and pony show when I was in front of the BZA. I got a lawyer and he's like, the Pope himself could not have helped you. It's like, I haven't been spanked that bad in a long time. I'm like, well, that's great. Here's my money that I paid you for the, the fun of it, I guess. <laughs> um, but um, so afterwards, I'm, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. You know, I'm literally just trying to do a good thing here. Do well, do good um, is, is kind of my personal motto. But And I decided at that point that I wasn't going to let that be the end of my story. It was going to be a sentence, maybe a paragraph, but it was not going to be, and maybe a chapter, right? Even depending on the, what it was, but it's not the end of it. And that's just a, a stepping stone onto the next thing. And that is a huge, I, I still go back to that when I'm going through something and, and yeah, it's just, it sucks. But here's a, here's a, here's another sentence in the story, right? And, and the, the, the ending is going to be beautiful. <laughs> right. More of a comma versus a period, right? It's, it's that's it's exactly right. Yeah. Just yes. To add to that part of the story and learning from it, right. Not living, not living from it, not, you know, having it affect all of your decisions in the, in yes. the present moment, but at the same time, now, you know, right. To check that's right. with the, the yes. government ordinances next time you, well, because well, it sounds like you had a vision for this property that, that it wasn't that it, when you bought it, it wasn't its current use for this being a multifamily unit, basically. But you had this vision. So that is probably where the, the disconnect came would be my yeah. guess, right? So it was actually a six unit. Oh, okay. But because it had been vacant so long, it had to go back to single family use. Got it. Because it, when it got converted, it was so far along ago when they actually let people do what they wanted to their properties instead of getting permission. Um, and so that's where that's where that happened. Um, but I have an idea and I haven't, um, reached out to the city yet, but part of the recovery house is that we might reach into. Um, I think that could potentially, that has potential to be an amazing recovery house for that community. Uh, so there's still opportunity that it can do good for the town and, and we can still, still get some good out of it. So it's awesome. Yeah. So the recovery homes, that's, that's a topic that we definitely want to get into here as we progress, but let's move into the third question. And you've already shared a lot as far as uh, kind of 
nuggets of wisdom for sure. But can you think, one thing I love to do on the podcast is I try to help the folks that are aspiring to be, be more, do more, have more, right? But are just struggling to try to figure out the next step, right? The next step, kind of where where to go, what to listen to, that kind of thing. Is there anything you can think of? Uh, you'd mentioned about being back in 2014, getting started yourself. Is there uh, a piece of wisdom that you know now that you wish you would have told yourself back when you were first getting started, when you're reading Bob Proctor, when you're learning more about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, and, and deciding to flip a house? Is there a, just a nugget of wisdom that you could think of that you wish you would have known back then? Yeah. So there's a couple of things. Um, I would first, and I tell this to my kids as many, as often as I can think of it to tell them, even my little nine month old. And I tell them, you can do, be, and have anything that you put your mind to. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit or enough credence to the fact that we can manipulate and change for the better. We can, we can create the world that we want. You don't have to be stuck. And that was my biggest shift. That was my paradigm I had to break out of, right? I mean, my, my family gave me a work ethic and a good name. And that's about it. Right. And so we were, we were the path, the trajectory was you just go to work every day and figure it out. So, you know, you just save all you can be a good employee. And maybe you'll have enough to retire. Hopefully you don't run out of money before you die. So I would say that you cannot save your way to wealth. Debt is a tool. It is not evil. Money is not evil. And I look at debt like a knife. So I can use it to, I can get cut and injured and harm myself from it. Or I could use it to cut my dinner and sustain myself. So you have to take, use the debt to buy cash flowing assets that put money, that service the debt and put money in your pocket. That's the only, I mean, really, that's, that's the key to freedom instead of trading time for dollars is to getting your money or other people's money to work for you. And that gives you time to connect and network. And that's the next thing I would say is get in front of multiple people, get in front of the right audience, network with like-minded people, people that can elevate your thinking, not people that are dragging you down. If you're surrounded by people that drag you down, you're in the wrong group and they're happy about it. Um, I, I'm a firm believer that we should lower the ladder down. Like once we figure out the, the road to success, lower the ladder down so the next guy can come up. But there's people in your journey, whether it's family or whatever. And that's, <laughs> you know, a lot of times it is very important and key people in your family that, that they want the best for you, but they just don't have the mindset or you don't have the same path as them. Um, easier said than done, but you have to break the shackles and free yourself. No one's, nobody's coming to save you. You have to come and free yourself and save yourself. And it's possible. It is possible. It's difficult. It's not easy always, all the time, but it is possible. So we both have grown up small town, Indiana. Can you talk about, you, you, you brought up the, you know, maybe the mindset of the folks that are, you know, in our circles at that moment, right? Might not have been what we've become today based on through experiences, through the books we've read, through the conferences we've attended, through the action we've taken, right? So as we continue to grow and become more, we learn that there's a bigger world out there than small town Indiana. And the whole work hard, good name, nose to the grind, save, don't spend too much, invest in your 401k, hope that you have enough. 
100%, man. Yeah, I was preached that and probably still would be preached that if I went back and started to ask for opinions. Can you can you talk a little bit more about that? How how it was probably, you know, kind of the transition from when you discovered that there was this new way, right? You you started to read the books. You started to understand that there's a different way. You mentioned about uh, debt being a tool versus being, you know, it can be used for good. It can be used for bad. Um, were there, you mentioned a few books. Was there any one thing? Was it, uh, or even just a group of things when you started to, uh, you said you, 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 your gut, you kind of go with your gut and you're, you're quick to take action. Is there anything else as far as trying to break free from this small town, uh, Indiana back up or bring up, you know I mean? Being brought up that way, that's, that's helped you propel to where you are today. So I, I think I alluded to it a little bit, but definitely getting in the circles, but breaking free and getting into those right places. Like there's masterminds, there are conventions, there are people out there doing the crazy idea that you have in your head that you think is crazy and everybody's telling you that you're silly for even thinking about it. There's people out there doing it and they're doing it good. They're doing it well. And they're probably, they'd be more than willing, especially if you get into those groups, you know, get in the hallways talking to these guys. There's so much that they're willing just to open up and share, open the kimono, as they say, and just freely give. And in return, I think you should freely give as well. Um, once you, once you figure out some things, you need to help them. Um, people that want to, not everybody wants help. Yeah. I tried to, I tried to help a family member and offer him a job. He's actually going to be a business partner. And that was the setup. And he sat down. I can't tell you exactly what he said because it'll tell you who he is, um, in my life. But, uh, basically he said, you're not supposed to be more successful of me because this is how the order of things works. This is who... And I'm like, that's not what I'm trying to do, man. And so it, I apologize you took it that way. I'm trying to, I'm trying to build something together. Um, and that was hurtful. But um, you just kind of got to go and, and do it and find those people. Find the, find the community that's willing to listen to those ideas and, and assist and help. And there's, there's people that want to help you and will align with you and will help you to achieve what you're trying to do. That's been an experience of mine as well, getting into the rooms, getting into the groups. I didn't, once again, being brought up kind of small-minded or not abundance-minded, let's put it that way. I, I, I thought that the rooms, I wasn't going to be able to uh, be accepted in those rooms. And But once I started to go, once I started to attend and participate, right? You can't just show up and be, a, you know, standing in the corner and, and, and be to yourself. That's not how it works. It's going to be uncomfortable, right? You're going to put yourself in your conversations at first are not going to be easy. But what I will tell you is that for me, it's been the most eye-opening, joyful experience of just learning, understanding that Folks, even though they might have more commas and zeros in their bank account, they're going through the same stuff I am. We all are. Uh, and just trying to help each other, the support that you get from these groups, whether it's guys or gals or, or whatever it is, that to me has been the most rewarding part uh, of this journey so far for me. And it sounds like it was definitely a, an impact for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to get rid of your pride. You have to get rid of your ego. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. Those people are just as insecure as you are. They're having those same limiting beliefs that's going through their their mind as you are. You can't. You're not going to get anything out of it if you turn into a wallflower. 
Um, I actually, and because of that, and I learned this, uh, I had a guy, my first conference that I went to, um, I had a, he's a very good friend now, but he came to me and, and introduced himself and we hit it off. All those people that are sitting there with a drink in their hand during the uh, opening night when we're doing the meet and greet, go to those people. First off, you don't know they could be killers in whatever industry they're in. And you don't know it until you, you know, a closed mouth never gets fed, right? You're not going to know it until you actually get over there and talk to them. But they just want to be accepted too. We all want to, you know, we all want to feel like we belong and accepted and heard. Um, so you got to put yourself out there. I was recently at a Remax convention. It was R4, which is international Remax uh, convention. It's the 50th anniversary. Just happened like a month ago. And nine over 9,000 real estate agents were there in attendance. It was monstrous. So I got there the first day and we were in an arena. It, this place was huge. I mean, 9,000 people. It's pretty big. And they had seating on the floor. And I realized I got there when it just started. And I, I realized I was way in the back. I should have got there when the gates opened, right? So the next day, next morning, I uh, I made sure I got there early, got on the ground floor. I was probably 12 rows back uh, on the ground floor. And for the opening session, they had, I forget his name right now. Uh, he's a retired NFL long snapper. So he would snap the ball to the, the guy who was going to punt it. His total time in the NFL, even though he played for years, was like 10 minutes. Like <laughs> very short. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but the man had an amazing story. He overcome some amazing struggles. And part of what helped him cope as a child was magic. And so he's telling these these stories of how he's overcome and inspiration and while, while he's doing it, he's doing magic. So he was building up to asking for a volunteer hmm. and I, I knew it. And I was like, my, my chest was, my heart was pumping out of my chest and I'm like, Oh man, I don't want to do it, but I need to get up there. That was just a feeling you had. Oh, absolutely. Like it, this is it. Like, this yeah. is the time. Like this was jumping out the pair out of the airplane kind of thing. Like this is a, this is an important thing. So he makes the call for a need volunteer. I jump up and I'm like in the middle of the row and I come out to the center aisle and there were several people that kind of did the same thing, but I was the most noticeable, right? Yeah, that's right. And so they make the, he's like, we're going to let the people decide you guys want Doug and they go nuts. Right. So I go up there and the magic trick was, it was cool. And I really didn't do anything, but, um, I get, I put my personality out there at the end of it. He had this like dance thing with some music. And I was like, I did it with him. Nothing real big, right? Like they started chanting my name when I walked off the stage. So that story, the rest of the conference, anywhere that I went, and this is this was in Las Vegas, right? People I didn't know were Remax agents. Hey, it's Doug. Networking was easy the rest of the time. I've gotten letters. I've got emails. I've gotten so many people came to me after I put myself out there. And... For years to come, if I go back there, I'm just going to keep building on those relationships and it's just going to get easier and easier. That's that's the cool thing. The more you put out there and the more good you positivity and put out there, the, the easier, I think, um, and the bigger and the more impactful things that you can do and will impact your life will happen to you. I 
Couldn't agree more. That was a great story. I appreciate you sharing that. I can see you up there doing that, man. And we're going to talk about what you do on social media, but yeah, I can see you. Up it's there on my TikTok. I got yeah, TikTok. I was going to mention it. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're, you're a TikTok guy, man. And that's awesome. Like you're always doing that short form content, which is a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of uh, entertainment there for sure. And we'll definitely talk about that coming up. So one thing that I know for sure that when, as I've journeyed into this entrepreneurial world is that you realize that the way to make money. I have a difference. People go to school, get the education to earn money. And I think earning money and making money are two different things. I think people use that word interchangeably and I don't think that's correct. But to do, to make money, you've got to be able to solve problems. You've got to be able to see an issue in your community, big or small, doesn't matter. And you can test it with small as you get some confidence, right? Like you're talking about going into different rooms and you just can build your confidence. Let's talk about you've seen an opportunity in your community with some different homes that, that you've been able to, to rehab to serve the community even better than they were purposed, uh, what they were built for, right? That's solving an issue. That's solving a problem that is going to reward you, but then it's also giving back to the community, the folks that are going to stay in your homes. Can you talk a little bit about that as far as like how you were able to see that problem? Because I think that that's a big epiphany when folks realize that that's really what entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur really is, is seeing an issue, solving that problem, and then bringing the solution that's going to solve and help a lot of folks along the way. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, my town is amazing when it comes to recovery. Uh, Most towns or several towns are not very excited about the opportunity to bring in a bunch of people trying to recover from addiction into their communities. Um, and my town's very receptive to that. And I, to go back to that, like every town in America, we have a major problem with drug addiction, with anger management, with mental health, with there's all these different things and, um, addiction, they all play hand in hand in a lot of it. Um, so yeah, so actually they, I was approached, um, by a couple of guys who were interested in doing this. And what I realized was we have a couple of recovery houses in my town already that they are constantly trying to raise money to buy another house. There's, for instance, there's another lady's house and they've done wonderful. Um, they're helping 12 girls and they are doing a capital campaign for 180,000, which depending on where you're at in the world, 180,000 in this market doesn't necessarily buy you a lot of house. To get the house that they need, it's not going to be a perfect house. Um, So what I realized is these people are very passionate. These nonprofits are very passionate about helping people change and and for the better and overcome their struggles. But they're missing the real estate piece. They don't know finance. They don't have the down payment. They don't. Who wants to put their name on the line to secure the loan? Right. So. We were able to partner together and I, I have a 15 units. This is kind of a crazy story. Um, I have a 15 unit that I bought um, 2017 actually. And it's 15 units in a house. It used to be one of those old motels, little 600 square foot house um, units, you know, and it's in a floodplain. There's a Creek runs right in front of me. So the, it was, it was also serving a purpose and helping people. The next step it's either a step up or a step down, right? It's one of those like very low ends. We struggle. We 
one of our struggles was to keep people who were addicted to drugs out, right? Or drug, you know, the, the dealers and all that stuff. We had cameras. And if you have 12 people that come over on a daily basis, you're probably, nobody has that many friends that are coming over to their house, okay? Especially in a 600 square foot unit. That, that just doesn't happen. So anyways, it was kind of easy to spot. But, you know, so we had to constantly deal with that. So you're either living in your car or you're in one of these units, right? So it did have a purpose for helping those that were struggling with homelessness, basically. Um, and the, they came to me with this idea. And I'm like, yes, I love it. Makes sense. Let's do it. Except I've got 15 families that I would have to displace. And so like six months later, we had this massive rain and it flooded the whole thing out. Knee high water. Didn't have, didn't have to worry about displacing anybody because they were displaced. We, we, we got everybody moved out, started the rehab process. We're still rehabbing it. We currently have almost three units completed. We've got two. We'll be able to put two men in each one. So we'll be able to help 30 men in that storage unit. I'm sorry, 30 men in that uh, efficiency units. And then um, during that process, a six bedroom came available and I was able to acquire that. And so we've got a men's house and now we have a, a women's house that we'll be able to, to hold uh, 15 once it's fully occupied. And our program is a six-month program. So there's potential for 45 people, 90 people a year, right? That could, if they do the work and are willing to change, they can totally change their life, trajectory of their lives and their families' lives. And it's, it's been a very rewarding thing. It's not been easy. It's a totally different wheelhouse. I've had to learn a lot. Um, at first, I thought I was just going to be a landlord, but I'm starting to be more involved as we we go along. But um, it is it's very rewarding, and it's great to see more impactful than like dollars in the bank account is seeing people's lives change, seeing light bulbs go on in their eyes, you know, just and children because a lot of these people have kids, and you know that you're removing some trauma out of their lives and removing some stumbling blocks that they would normally have to go through struggle with addiction and things like that because you killed the sins of their fathers, right? Like the, father, the sins of the fathers repeat themselves. Well, they don't have to. If you put the work in, you can change your life. And that's honestly, I don't know. Long term, I might go all in and just focus on recovery houses because it's just been that rewarding for me. Doing well by doing good. And then you're serving the community. Uh, I can only imagine the impact you're having on these folks' lives. You mentioned about the, even the young children, that type of thing. So good for you. That's, uh, that's encouraging. That's, that's super cool. So I definitely appreciate you sharing that with everybody here today. So as we wrap up, Doug, is there anything, any other final pieces of advice that you'd like to share with folks, uh, whether they're just getting started? I know we're kind of in a, uh, your, your hands, your boots on the ground as far as uh, your own Remax facility. Is there any anything going on with the uncertainty that's kind of going on in the economy, even that you can share with folks uh, that might be some encouragement or even some words of wisdom? Well, first off, I believe that you can create your own economy. So it doesn't matter what the news says. Um, you can impact your personal world, and what's going on for everyone else doesn't necessarily have to go on with you. Um, so I think your perspective and your, your attitude towards what's happening is a big thing there. My, my biggest, I would say bet on yourself, believe in you. If nobody else bets on you, 
like I said, you're, you can have to be anything you put your mind to. You're more powerful than you think you are. And uh, if, you, if you're willing to make the change and put in the work and do what it takes, you can change your life. And uh, yeah, bet on you. And we're living proof, right? From where we've come or where we've Amen. started from to where we are now or where we're headed for sure. That's awesome. That's right. Definitely appreciate that. So folks out there, and I know they're going to be interested. We, we kind of mentioned or touched base about your TikTok account and how you're out there producing short form content, trying to teach and entertain at the same time. But what are the best places for folks to reach out and learn more about you? Uh, yeah, so you can search my name on Facebook if you would like, Douglas Orr, O-R-R. Or I am on TikTok at Realtor with an extra R. Realtor with an R, play on words. Um, Instagram is kind of the same. If you search that, you can probably find me on just about anything. Um, yeah, if you put my email in the notes or whatever, if you want to email, just reach out. Sounds great. And we'll definitely have all those notes here uh, to reach out to Douglas as well. So folks, the, the message today is that today you've been listening to a couple of small town Indiana Hoosiers up here that started with nothing, started with less than nothing. And we've worked hard. It's not easy, but it can be done with the proper education, with the proper support, getting in the right rooms, getting in the right groups. You really can't achieve anything you desire. The point is that you need to become aware that it's possible. And that's what I'm hopefully that you'll get from this episode today. So Douglas, I appreciate you being on the show today, man. This has been a great conversation. Uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to maybe we'll get you back on here again soon, especially as you get further into the journey of your, your, your homes and, and all that and helping folks in your community, but definitely appreciate you being on today. Awesome. Hey, I greatly appreciate you uh, offering me the opportunity. Thank you. Yes. So folks go out there, have a fantastic day. And until the next episode, we'll talk to you very soon. Bye now. Thank you for joining me on the Rich Mind Podcast. I hope you found a ton of value in this episode. If so, I'd really appreciate a five-star review. And you can also share it with your family and friends. And as my mentor, Jim Roden, shared with me, in order to have more, you must first become more. And in order to become more, you must work harder on yourself than you do on your job. So go out there today and work harder on yourself to become more and build the life of your dreams. Until next time, my friends. Bye.